Welcome back. I'm Dana. And I'm Megan. We're two sisters, miles apart, but together here with you, the listeners, sharing once again two stories with with one another and you, trying to get the goosebumps rising and the comfort settling in. So get cozy and get ready, because here we are with scary stories to tell your sister. How are you doing this fine day? Great and tired. So tired. It's We were recording much later than we normally do this fine Sunday. Thank you for that. It was a scheduling issue on my part. And it's I feel, all good. I feel like that just shows <laughs> the culmination of this week for both of us. Oh yeah. I had an overnight that went way longer and now I'm I just feel my body is like done. Yeah. So I'm ready to and that's like pitch black outside. Normally it's not like this dark. Right. And you've had I think you've had much worse than I have. So <laughs> Well, we did have our second hurricane. Another tree came down, but it's all good because not tomorrow- on the house. Thank God, not on the house, right? They're coming tomorrow to chop it down, which this is the second tree that's fallen. So it's it's time for these trees to be taken down, which, I mean, I love my trees, but these, I guess, are no longer living. So no longer serving the purpose to you and the environment the way it needs to be. Exactly. Yeah. But and how power's back, so... Yes. Oh my God. Thank God. You know, honestly, I say that, like, I think I just said that the way I did because that's what everybody's always like. They're always like, Oh my God, thank God the power's back. But honestly, it wasn't that bad not having power. The, our house really does hold in the coolness that you want it to. And it felt fine. Like I slept, I slept fine and it was fine not having TV. I kind of liked it. I felt like there were, my brain just you know, had like a, nice, to... a force reset. Yeah, it was and nice. It's your first storm season in that house. It's an older house, but it's it's new to you, so it's mm-hmm. good to know it's like that. Because I know you like it freezing when you sleep with a fan, so that must have been an adjustment. But I mean, when we were younger, we had that one that one season of storms with like the same with like the four in a row, like Charlie. Yeah, all of them. And we had power. We think we were without power for like two a week, two like two weeks. Yeah, something like um, that. I mean, we had a generator for like some stuff. That but, was freaking hot. But it was hot because it was August. It was August or September. Yeah, um, that was hot in Florida. So at least you're in November, which is is that late? Doesn't does is hurricane? I feel like it is. Yeah, when somebody had told me there was another storm coming, I'm like, what? Are you sure? Yeah. But I'm glad that it's coming to an end with that. The weather here was, like, unseasonably warm. But still nice. But, like, 70s, which is un- kind of uncommon. Mm-hmm. But now it's, like, the chill is slowly settling in. And I feel like now I can slow down before the chaos begins of the winter season. Because 
our mother is coming to visit me in like two weeks, I think. Yes. I'm very excited. Then right after that, it's Abby's birthday. And then it's the holidays and I travel for work. So it's a lot of like, woo, happening. So I'm ready to, I'm ready to settle down with you and just kind of like talk it out and get some fun, scary stories out. I'm ready for that, Dana. So yes, go ahead. Give it to me, Megan. All right. Well, we were talking about the storms just a few minutes ago and the first storm, believe it or not, I was not fearful or worried about it at all. Although it was like a category four, I think. And Ray is over here like, oh my God, should we board at the windows? Oh my God, do we have an, you know, just trying to be prepared as you should. And I'm over here (laughs) like, no, I think we're good. I think we have everything we need. I think the windows will be fine. We're just, we're okay. We're going to be okay. And this one, the one that just passed, I was nervous. I had like this anxiety, like, oh my God, something just isn't right, isn't right. And this one was actually a little bit worse for us in regards to like the tree that fell and took out our power before we didn't lose any power. Anyways, it was a big difference from the first Uh, one. And I feel like with this one too, it was like Ian had just passed. So there was still like structural stuff. And even though this one was smaller, kind of said, oh, come and take it fully out completely. Right. So... I had that feeling about this one and it kind of ties in what we're going to be talking about with what we're going to be talking about today, because today I'm going to share with you a few stories of people who experienced a sort of insight into the future, a knowing uncertainty of an event that would occur at a later date, also known as a premonition. Ah! I hate it. Trigger warning, the first story deals with a traumatic birth, and the second story touches on, I hate to even say the word, but cannibalism. So if either of those are, you know, icky, too icky for you, just skip over it and we'll see you next time. Or or stay for mine. Either way is fine. I have to stick through it, so. That's true. Dana, (laughs) I don't know what Dana's is. So Dana's might not be as awful as mine. (laughs) So, yes. Stay for Dana's, but skip over mine. But don't skip over mine if you don't have to. All right, here we go. (laughs) Steph Arnold is the first person we'll be talking about today. And she was a married mother of two living in Chicago when she found out she was going to give birth to a boy. For most, this would be an exciting time. But for Steph, well, she had this nagging feeling that something was just not okay. You see, she was someone who always trusted her intuition. Even as a child, at 10 years old, she remembered getting this sharp pain in her chest while simultaneously her grandmother, Ida, came to mind. It wasn't until the next day she found out at that moment that she had that pain in her chest, her grandmother, Ida, had passed from a heart attack. (gasps) I knew it. I was going to say it's her heart or something. Mm-hmm. It was. So when Steph found out she had a condition called placenta previa, she mm. took it upon herself to read up on the condition just to prepare herself for what was to come. She discovered in rare cases, this condition can cause hemorrhaging and even death. And as soon as she read that, a knowing came over her and she told her husband confidently that this was going to happen to her. She told him, I'm going to die, but the baby will be okay. 
I don't mean to laugh, but I, I get that. I'm being like, this is it. Right. Like, she knew. Her, her husband, of course, is, like, trying to reassure her that this was – what she was looking at was just the worst-case scenario. But for Steph, it was something she knew, without a doubt, was going to happen. Weeks went by, and the feeling of impending doom stayed with Steph. And then something happened that would solidify her concern. As she walked through the park with her youngest daughter, they came to a fountain. This fountain had no water in it at the time. But as Steph looked at it, she saw the fountain begin to flow again. Unfortunately, though, it was not flowing with water. Mm. No. The liquid freely pouring from the structure was what looked to be blood. Ooh. As she witnessed this vision, she just knew it was a sign of her impending death. And as if on cue, she then felt blood running down the inside of her thigh. Immediately, she called her husband and they went to the hospital. But being at the hospital didn't bring her any mental relief because Steph not only was disregarded, what were her fears disregarded, but they also told her that the blood on her leg was actually just her imagination. I can only imagine how scared and defeated she must have felt during that. Because, I mean, like, you go there expecting somebody to, you know, help you and, like, tell you you're not crazy. (laughs) Especially, like, when she's experiencing actual blood coming down from her leg. How can you say that's her imagination? But after this incident, the premonitions continued. And in the end, she'd always die. She was very vocal about it, too. So much so that when those close to her would ask her how her pregnancy was going, her response was, quote, I'm going to die. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that being the response to, like, you asking somebody how their pregnancy was varying? I don't know what I would say. I. I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, because I. Because I'd be like, oh, I'm dying. It's horrible. Because, like, pregnancy, I mean, for – I've never been pregnant, but I've been around many pregnant people with vastly different pregnancy feelings. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like, a one-size-fits-all. And I was a babysitter for someone with, like, plus placenta previa. And it's, it's a scary thing. So not only that, but, like, you're terrified. Mm-hmm. Like, this dread. And it's, like, for her – it's something that she has experienced since, like, childhood of, like, these feelings being so strong and this feeling of being – the blood the blood thing really freaks me. I wonder if, like, she was, like, just feeling it, like, her body like, – maybe it wasn't there, but she felt it happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like- that's true. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know, but I I'm, mean- I'm so sorry. It's hard for you. Like, no, no, I'm actually going to die. And right. Then- I would oh, be so oh, confused. Oh, I would – definitely ask her more questions because if somebody said i'm going to die i'd be like uh, of what are you hungry what's going on like yeah, so you're pain. Gonna... yeah i wouldn't i don't think i would jump to the conclusion that she was literally going to die exactly like no you don't mean that right but steph was just straight to the point and she was so sure of this she went to many specialists to try to get some help but to no avail 
She was scheduled for a C-section in one week, but when she experienced heavy bleeding, she rushed to the hospital. She called her husband at work to let him know, and when she got to the hospital, they informed her that her blood pressure was too high and they'd need to, to deliver they'd need to deliver the baby immediately. Now Steph wasn't with her husband at the time because he was I think he was at work still. So she told them that she wanted to wait for her husband because she knew that once she entered the operating room, that it would be, that would be it for her. But the doctors assured her that she would be okay. So Steph texted her husband, her final goodbye and told (laughs) him how happy he made her just knowing that this would be the last time they'd ever speak. Steph, moments later, successfully delivered her son, Jacob. But within seconds of his delivery, she had an amniotic fluid embolism, causing her to experience anaphylactic shock and eventually going into cardiac arrest, as well as severe hemorrhaging. Steph then died. But not for long. Because just 37 seconds later, the medical team successfully revived her. You see, the last specialist she saw added a note in her file requesting that upon her delivery, they should have present a crash cart along with extra blood. She was in an induced coma for six days before she came to and was able to finally meet her baby, Jacob, for the first time. Steph continued to have visions primarily medically related and continues to trust her intuition as well as encouraging her children to do the same, which I think is wonderful. I think kids should always be taught to trust their gut. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's the first story. Well, that which, was – I'm yeah, still she... stuck on the fountain of blood, so that was really, really fun. <laughs> but she's fine now. She just still has these premonitions and these knowings of, like – Hey, something's wrong with you, which I don't know if that, that's probably why I don't have that ability because I don't think that would be, could be something would, I would you be would You would not be with. well with that, especially with the one of a pregnancy. You're already. Oh yeah. Um, birth, giving birth. Are you crazy? No. I mean, you, cause you, you, you broke, you've broken your pelvis. Mm-hmm. So yours is more of like a, I can legit, not legit. Not that hers isn't legit, but like you have like medical grade scare of that. <laughs> I just cannot imagine something huge coming out of my hoo-ha. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> but, but I have another story for you. I'm excited. I'm not, actually. I realize, I remember what it is real quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but you might actually know this story. Okay. Edgar Allan Poe. It has to do with one of his novels that he wrote. So we all know who, most of us know who Edgar Allan Poe is. He's known for his eerie, creepy, and absolutely disturbing stories. Yeah. But there's one of his stories in particular that bore a striking resemblance to an actual real-life occurrence. One that would happen 45 years after the novel was published. Okay. The book I'm talking about is called The Narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of, Pym, of Nantucket. Poe described this as, quote, a silly little book. Not the <laughs> adjective that I would use to describe it. But that doesn't matter. In it, a group of four guys are out at sea when they become shipwrecked. They come across a tortoise 
providing them with some much needed sustenance. <gasps> yeah, kind of gross, but you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah, you got to stay alive. Right. But unfortunately, this wasn't enough for them to survive in the long run. Mm. Unable to find any food, they decided to draw straws. Whomever received the shortest straw would become the sacrifice for the rest of the group. The person in the story who drew the shortest straw was a guy named Richard Parker. Now, 45 years later, a ship, this is in real life now, 45 years later, a ship named the Mininette, I'm so sorry if I butchered that name, <laughs> with a crew of four also shipwrecked. And like Poe's story, they came across a tortoise, no which, way. Would, mm-hmm, which would also become a means of sustenance for them. Later, the cabin boy was so thirsty, he decided to drink the seawater. <gasps> no. Which in the end made him very sick. And I think we know where this is going. Mm. Preying upon his weakness, they murdered and ate him. But the biggest similarity, though, is he, too, was named none other than Richard Parker. What the fresh out? How bizarre is that? In an article on BBC.com, there was a quote by Ursula K. Le Guin, and she said, Prediction is the business of prophets, clairvoyants, and futurologists. It is not the business of novelists. A novelist's business is lying. And like the article points out, Poe had an incredible ability to tell stories that for the most part were conjured up by a mind that was made of pure brilliance and a heaping helping of insanity. But could he, too, have held the abilities Ursula said were not fit for novelists? This may be an answer we may never really know. Ah. So, Dana, what do you think about premonitions? Uh, I think, I don't know. I know, I've heard, I've heard some stories very similar where someone has had a feeling that something bad's going to happen and they don't do something or they're late because of it. And then a cataclysmic event happens, but that was pretty, the, the, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm, my brain is wrinkled to say the least. Yeah. Because I feel that everyone has like intuition and you can energies and you can feel like the gut type thing. Right. Uh, So I feel that is like that and maybe some people are more in tune to that right yeah and they get those things because that is so and i want sorry i'm still like so my brain is still stuck on this I'm right the well this person how with the heart thing mm-hmm. and i've heard other people like when twins there's like twin telepathy is something completely different because i've heard people like they've hurt their arms hurt and like oh my twin broke their arm at the same right time. so I feel there is something to be said with it mm-hmm. because even like look, look at like Nostradamus and things like that. There is something, there's something there, but what exactly it is and why certain people are more in tune to it than others is something I'll never know. Right. And I mean, they do call our gut a second brain. So oh, I like that. Yeah. So if your gut's good, you know, keep yeah, it. Let's- 
to keep keep listening to it. That's oh, right. Wait. I always I always tell Abby or anyone to follow your heart song, which basically listen to your guide, like follow your guide. Yeah. Um, so I like that a lot. That yeah. was really good. Oh, um, thank you. Well, Dana, I'm excited to hear what you have to tell me. I hope you I, freak I, me I, out. <laughs> I don't know if we've talked about this already, but both of us were having a hard time researching this week at first. Not that we didn't want to research, but we just couldn't decide on topics, like, at all. Mm-hmm. I had different ideas, different things. I wanted to step away from my comfort cryptids, and I looked into so many different things, and nothing really clung to me in the way I wanted it to. And then one day, Abby and I were scrolling through old Unsolved Mysteries as – we do. And I saw her get so excited on the subject that I didn't really know a ton about. So I thought, surprise research story for all of us. So without further ado, I'm here to talk about the ghosts of Gettysburg. Ooh, Dana, before you tell your story, I just uh-huh. realized, I don't think, I mean, you live with Abby, so you probably told her your subject. But uh-huh. I don't think I even told her my subject. So the, the fact that we didn't have the same subject, thank God. Can you imagine? I almost done. I almost did something like premonitions. And you said, and I was like, oh, my God. But what would have I be done? So thankfully, nothing similar. So a little background first for those who are not history buffs or memorized dates or anything like that. You know? Like, <laughs> like me, right, Dana? <laughs> like I retain certain information, like a locked vault. And much of the much of the chagrin of our late father, a lot of that was not history. The names and numbers get like jumbled in my head. So I'm here to lay out the facts of the battles and the scars that linger until this day. The Battle of Gettysburg was a battle that took place over three days during the Civil War. From July 1st to July 3rd in 1869 in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Even though it only lasted three days, it was the bloodiest battle of the entire conflict resulting in more than 51,000 lives lost, wounded, captured, or missing in action, both on the Union or Confederate side. And because of the time and the bloodshed, that number is still an estimate, truly. Now, we talked about this with your story, weirdly enough, but everything has an energy, and I may as well we get, like, people good vibes or bad vibes, mm-hmm. and that's, like, the energy that's received – now, that idea in theory is coupled with the amount of blood and lives that were lost in a really traumatic way. It leads people to believe that could be one of the reasons why the area is as haunted as it is. It's all that energy is still there. Mm-hmm. In fact, some claim it is the most haunted city in America. And while the actual battlefield is just on the outskirts of where the town currently stands, the battle itself took place over the entire village which means that there are many places and sightings that have taken place all over the area. So I'm going to go over a few of the ghosts and the apparition sightings that I found that sparked both my interest and my fear. (laughs) So the first one takes place in Gettysburg College, more specifically the building known as Pennsylvania Hall. Now, during the time of the war, the college was known as the Pennsylvania College. And during the midst of the battle, it was used as a field hospital and a lookout post. Because of its use as a lookout post, many students say they've seen figures walking the buildings, pacing back and forth as though forever on guard. Students have said they've seen other apparitions of men waving frantically down at them as trying to get their attention to people below. But when it comes time to check out the building, 
There's no one inside. There's also a spirit known as the blue boy, which people think is a young boy who was an orphan who froze to death while seeking shelter. Mm. And he appears occasionally. And what? He appears occasionally? Mm-hmm. People see okay. him kind of like around corners. Mm-hmm. But the creepiest one took place when two administrators at a college were taking the elevator in the middle of the night. They pressed the button for their floor, but the elevator ignored the instruction, going past their intended floor and into the basement. <gasps> when the doors Wait, opened- they were on the elevator? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, Dana. They hit an elevator. Like, say, like, they hit the elevator and said, okay, go to, like, the first floor. And it went further. So when the doors opened, it was as if they stepped off a time machine and right smack into the scene of chaos of the field hospital with soldiers screaming in pain as they lay prone on makeshift gurneys. The smells were almost as bad as the sights with the potent smell of infection and rot burning their senses. Oh, no. They were frozen in fear and only broke free of that fright when a nurse came up to them, urging them to help. They panicked and went back into the elevator and ran from the building. In fact, they were so frightened that they've never actually come forward with their names and information to any press, only running to the security officer to report the incident. Timon Lynn, the chief security officer at Gettysburg College, said this about the incident. I would have to say something frightened them. I can't explain it. Although I do not believe in ghosts, I guess to a certain extent, I believe that they saw maybe what they said they saw, only because they know them as credible people. And that event reminds me of a theory of time overlapping, Mm -hmm. or like a quintessential wrinkle in time. Like how some things happen or the energy of a moment of two events will lay over each other because it wasn't that the ghost was living out that moment in time, but they were also interacting with individuals from the present day too. Right. Which makes me wonder if the people at that time, if the the nurse saw modern day people as ghosts too or apparition too. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. Which just makes you think, like, what if we are the ghost of the other ghost time? I know. So freaking cool. Right? Yes. So that, as, like, because usually the, the meme is, like, where's the 2,000 ghosts? Like, here's... Right. right. Like, what if they're... They're back then. They're back they're... then. That, you know? Mm-hmm. There's also a location known as the Devil's Den, which got its name from an apparent fabled snake that lived there. It's a, it's a rock formation. And this fabled snake ranged in size of 8 to 15 feet, hence, like, the devil, the serpent. Mm -hmm. And it was a huge part of the battle where more than 2,000 people fought and many lost their lives. And many people say that it is still one of the most haunted places with a lot lot of activity being of the electronic reaction. Which means people will go there and have phones and cameras that will malfunction. And they'll attempt to take pictures, and they'll be a total failure, and the phone or camera batteries will completely die, regardless of the charge they currently held. That is so bizarre. And there are always the case, right? And there are distant sounds of drums and gunshots heard as you walk the area, and barefoot, bedraggled men will try to direct you to where to go. But, well, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Nothing compares to the people who have said they visited the area and felt the sensation of someone trying to hold their hand. Oh, no. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm like, no. No. 
me. Thank you so much. No, I don't think I would like that. Yeah. And if you don't want to meander the rock structure to see ghosts, don't worry. Even the hotels and the inns of the area have their fair share of permanent guests. Mm-hmm. Take, for instance, the Gettysburg Hotel, which is the oldest hotel in Pennsylvania, being constructed in the 1700s. Though it was first a tavern that went under a handful of names over the year until it was rebuilt and re- renamed the Gettysburg Hotel. But while it was a tavern, it was used during the wartime, as pretty much any available building was used. So that alone has ties to the land. And coupled with the battle, we know there is a well-known ghost who has been seen by many guests, visitors, and workers at the hotel. Her name is Rachel. Ooh. And Our besties Rachel, by the I way, know. guys. She was a thin lady who, assumed, who is assumed to be a Civil War nurse who was sending the patients while residing there still in that motion even after death she is seen walking the grounds inside and outside looking for something going so far as to move guests belongings and items in the room and the room like appears to be rifled through wow you know, just sitting there and being like oh she's moving my stuff again <laughs> i've been here rachel i don't think that's our rachel too <laughs> right I don't think I would jump to her first. I mean, obviously, if I if I saw her and then it happened, that I would be like, oh, gosh. But at first, I would be like, oh, my God, has somebody been in my room? Oh, yeah. That would be your first thing. Like, who's been mm-hmm. in my room? And another permanent resident is actually a couple. And they don't have a name as far as I've I saw I one person might have gotten the, the male's name, but I only saw that one place. And I forgot to write it down. But, I mean, as far as I know, I don't even know how Rachel got her name, but that's besides the point. This couple is a soldier and his lady, and they have been seen smiling and dancing in the grand ballroom. Stop it, Dana. Right? You always hear about, like, spirits being in places that have had, like, awful, terrible things happening because, you know, that energy is so heavy, it kind of sticks. Yeah. But the fact that they are, like sweetly dancing and and they're in love it makes you wonder what held them there was it something as strong as you know love yeah i don't know things i mean i want to know who they are and also what are they dancing to and how are they dancing (gasps) i would love to know the song because imagine though hosting a wedding there in the middle of like the cha-cha slide there's a couple (laughs) just like waltzing by (laughs) that would be funny But the place that most people claim to be the most haunted is the Farnsworth House Inn, which claims more than a dozen ghosts. The house was built in 1810, and during the battle, it was used as a shelter for the Confederate soldiers and sharpshooters. There are marks still visible to the to this day with bullet holes still lingering after they. What? Well, yeah. Like I said, there are more than a dozen spirits, and there are a few that are known by name. Like one of them, her name is Mary, and like Rachel, she's single. Mary and Rachel. That is so funny. A nurse who finds herself. Sorry, I cut you off. Can you tell me again who was Mary? Mary is the ghost of the far. Is a ghost of the Farnsworth House Inn. Like Rachel, she's also a nurse who finds herself on eternal duty, trying to help and aid in those who are sick and injured. Okay. 
just always seen around the house, like in a rush and a help. And there's also this one's sad. There's also Jeremy, who's a little boy who died in an accident. And it's seen popping around the inn, and people often report hearing sobbing in the room where he stayed. Okay, that's heartbreaking to me. Which I'm torn between being heartbroken over or terrified, because this weekend I was doing the overnight with one of my old nanny kids, and I had left my bag at the apartment, at our apartment. So Abby and Ferris came over Friday to drop it off and have dinner once the youngest was asleep. So when they left unbeknownst to me she had woken up because she doesn't really sleep that well and she must have heard the footsteps of this so she snuck towards the stairs and by the gate she whispers goodbye (gasps) oh god no and my soul left my body i would have shat out my soul in a second (laughs) and that was a little kid saying goodbye no no so i don't know how i would react to sobbing because a little kid sobbing too i my heart would be broken I'd be like it's okay it's okay I'm, I'm sad from over here but i would be scared over there <laughs> yeah it's like in this in the safety of my hopefully non-haunted apartment i am sad mm-hmm. if i was there sad would still be the feeling i'm feeling but it'd be smothered by terror yes so another location in Gettysburg is the red covered bridge known as Sachs Bridge, which was the site of a hanging of three soldiers who were supposedly trying to infiltrate the Union side. Like they were wearing the Union clothing and they got caught and were executed on the bridge. Oh, now, it's a wooden bridge that has been destroyed over time in a storm, but it has been rebuilt with some of the original pieces. Mm. So even though it's so I feel like if they still have the energy of the area. Right. And even though it's no longer open for like traffic, it's still open for foot traffic. And in the daytime, beautiful. Lovely bridge, like quintessential that like that red wood covered bridge, you know? Mm-hmm. But at nighttime, that's when the true haunts come out to play. There have been multiple sightings of three heads floating on the bridge. There have been pictures of people saying assumed Confederate soldiers, and there have been sights and smells similar to the Devil's Den, where people smell the smell of cigar and the sound of cannons, as well as people attempting to cross the bridge, and they get a tap on their shoulder. Oh, that would be so scary. And find no one. Sorry, my dog is snoring next to me. Dana, what did you say about Devil's Den? So Devil's Den also have the smell and the sound of the, the gunshots and cannons. Oh, so okay. very similarly on Saks Bridge, there's the smell of like cigar smoke and and cannons. And people are saying, well, there's woods nearby; they could be hunting. But a lot of the times, the cannon it it's a, it sounds like gunshots and cannons, which is a different you know right different sound altogether. Right. Um, and so people tap their shoulders too. And when I turn around, nothing's there. Oof. Don't touch me. And Oof. I remember watching an Unsolved Mysteries episode about this. I couldn't find the exact one, but there were some people hiking in the area. And they came upon a soldier who handed – and they thought it was a reenactor. Because mm-hmm. the area is very heavy in reenactors as well. And he handed them some bullets. And then he, like, kind of turned around and, like, disappeared in front of them. And they were like, what the hell? <sighs> and they ended up finding out that the bullets were genuine articles of the past. 
Wow. Which makes me wonder how that's possible or the amount of energy needed for a ghost to be able to manifest something similar or move something physical. A lot. So, but yeah, those are just some of the haunts and happenings we had at East Berkeley. I couldn't just narrow it all down. So what do you think, Megan? Next family vacation in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania? Absolutely. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it, right? Oh, no. Mom would have a fit if we brought her along. No, I'm not saying in a haunted place. I'll say it at Airbnb nearby. Right. But, but, but at that point, as what they're saying, the whole entire town has, like, things attached to it pretty much. So it's like, is there anywhere to say that wouldn't be something? Right. And mommy having your weird stuff. That's true. That's true. It would be very difficult for us to stay in a, a tainted town. <laughs> so what do you think, Megan? Do you believe that the action of the of the war lingered on more things? I do. I do believe that when something dark and heavy like war happens the energy definitely gets sticky and stays. Yeah, because I feel that way, especially with the bridge. The bridge really held it on for me because even though it had been ravaged by storms, they used some of the old original pieces and they kept it there with the bridge, which reminds me of a pre episode you did with, like, possessions Mm -hmm. and how things can attach to, like, objects. Right. So I feel like... Yeah, Dad had told me a story, too, of something similar happening on a plane. And yes. don't, Do you remember that, too? Yeah, that I think I did a movie, though. Okay, I was just about to say, I wasn't sure if that's actually, like, a true story or if it was a movie. I think it was a movie where, like, they used a part of, like, an old plane. Yes, and then they could smell, like, the perfume or... And he something. actually... <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, so it was a movie, and... A smell of perfume let you know is like gonna crash or something. And I think afterwards he got a perfume and would spray it in a room and leave or do something to scare his mom, our grandma. Yeah. And he kept doing it and she's like, What is that smell? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And he would scare her on and on about it. What a terrible man terror terror but like and i'm like oh you can't get mad at me well now you're dead so you can't get mad at me anyway <laughs> but you can't get mad at me for doing things i say but, you're a terrible man but i know i would do something oh not- you would you 100 percent would mm-hmm. i mean you're also the one out of the two of us who would willingly and go out of their way to stay at a haunted hotel where i i've inadvertently stayed at one that i do love but i've never been i never experienced anything Right. Did you say, was yours at the, the old prison or the old, old jail? There, there's a hotel here in Boston that was a jail back in the day. And they, like, back way back when. And they transformed it into a hotel. And there's part of the hotel that's the original building. And the other part's something else. But, like, a new building. And on like. We had stayed there for the, a couple of times before. I think you asked us if it was haunted. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I don't think so. And then I looked it up and they said, yeah, that there's been some reports of things happening. Absolutely. It was a jail. That place is haunted. And the no, no, nothing good happened there. And 
so yeah so i feel and that was just a jail in boston not like a huge battlefield right and i mean there's so many like and I wonder if part of me wonders if like the reenactment stuff still keeps it going, it, keeps it going, right? Probably you have people there who are in like full regalia who feel that it's their God's given right to be the same thing over. Like they like, oh, it has to be the right material, the right thing. And so if you're a ghost who's like, oh, it's still going on, they're still battling, <laughs> right? Like day. So I wonder if like something of that, like people like feeding into it, has. Made it so they feel like they can't rest because they're still in the in the war, right? That is a good point. I guess I saw that right now because that also full disclosure. I didn't realize Gettysburg was in Pennsylvania until I, <laughs> I said, "Is it Pennsylvania?" Really, Dana? I feel like you would know those type of things. Like I'm the one who was never geographically. Oh, I'm not. Assumed. I think you're more than I am. Um, no, you are. Where, where did I think it was, Dana? Can we please? You think I would know it more when I was the one <laughs> as a child that would sing? <laughs> you know, Guadalupe, Guadalupe instead of Waterloo. Now <laughs> I know, guys. Now I know that Abba's song is called Waterloo and not Guadalupe. Guadalupe, yeah, no, that's where Napoleon, you know, he's, he's that's where Guadalupe, Guadalupe, that's where he surrendered. Um, no, I thought it was in Virginia for some reason, because it feels like, I don't know. Oh, you know what? It does feel very Virginia. Doesn't it? Yes. Okay, like, Pennsylvania doesn't feel like, Gettysburg seems like deep south. Yeah. And it's, Pennsylvania doesn't seem deep south. No. So that was the one thing for me, but there was so many different stories about the places there. There was a couple I didn't want to cover because I said that looks too depressing, like an orphanage. Oh, yeah. Said, no, I don't want to deal with that today. Thank you so much. There's only so much of ghosts I can handle. Right. It's apparently, there's another place where it's called Mary's something house. I didn't mention it. Like, I didn't, I didn't like fully write it out. But basically, it's the only, like, known civilian casualty of the war where she was shot by a stray bullet in her sister's house. Oh. And there is a old wife, not old wife, so like a weird, like, lore that if you stick your finger through the bullet hole that <laughs> lingers at the place, if you're a woman or an individual of marrying desire, if you stick your finger through that, since she never got married, she will try to help you get married. That is so bizarre. Right? And I was like, that's, that's silly. So I'm not sticking silly. my finger through any holes. No, that's like a bullet hole? No. I got big <laughs> Like, I stuck my finger through the bullet hole and now it's stuck. Right? I don't, I don't think so. No, I, ruined, I ruined a slice of American history just to get hitched. I don't think so. <laughs> no, thank you. That like that's crazy. your now surprise. Oh my god! I think I'd be afraid. That's the thing. I wouldn't want to stick my hand someplace that I don't know what's on the other side. Well, did your finger thing? Oh, I mean, like yeah, something like licks it. Ew! I was thinking like chops it off or bites it. That's worse. Bites it. Can you imagine a bite? No. I whenever I'm eating carrots, 
I think of the thing that people said, like the only like biting a carrot is like biting a finger off. Oh, geez, Dana, I didn't know about that. Oh, you're welcome, everyone. I don't know the like exact logistics of it all, but basically, people say the only reason we can't like bite our fingers off is like our brain is like, no, don't do it, stop. Ooh. But yeah, you're welcome, everyone. I feel this episode's really good on the on the gore for everyone. <laughs> While my story was short, I came at the end with movie facts, some more ghosties, and, <laughs> and carrots. Carrot fingers. Carrot. Oh, no. Oof. But, yeah, there are so many cases of – this is getting – like, this is getting – I focus on that itself, but there are so many cases of, like, Civil War ghosts. There have been – I couldn't find it. There was an episode of Unsolved Mysteries as well that dealt with a house – I remember, and, like, they were, they came downstairs, and it was as though their house had been taken over by, like, the soldiers of the war, being like, we have to go, get it, get it through, and they're, and they're like, what the hell is happening? Oh, so, my God. I'm like, no. It's I, like, what do you do in that moment? Do you treat it like a sleepwalker, where you don't say anything, like, hello, you're a ghost, you just go along with it? I feel, okay. yeah, would you, okay, so say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it from the house. And put you in the elevator of this college. And the nurse is saying, you have to help us. Um, what do you do? My first thought was, okay, sure, I'll be right back. <laughs> and then I just leave. But honestly, I think I wouldn't even say that. I think I would just, like, run. I think I'd – well, I don't know. Like, I, it depends on how real they look to me. Like, do they look yeah. very solid? Solid, or- yeah. If they don't look solid, then it's like, I think if it were like me and somebody else, I'd be like, okay, come on, come on. And just slowly, like, by slowly, I mean running full speed, get back to the elevator and leave. You? I feel, I'd be so confused. They're like, wait, what? Help with what? And then probably just do it, like, in a blur of doing it. But then. That's true. You did put lotion suntan lotion on a man that asked you at the beach this older guy asked dana he's in the speedo okay so i was at the time i was 15 maybe 14 and at the beach with our friends and i have glasses so i was like putting my glasses away taking my jewelry off to make sure like everything was safe before i went in the water and by myself this older guy comes over who looks like a 90s uh arnold schwarzenegger kind of like bodybuilder type person tiny speedo and is like hi can you oil my back <laughs> and i said ah! <laughs> and i just like pat 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 and then ran away i said nigga i'm done oh my god I, I would be the one who'd be like yeah totally i'll help you tend the wounds and then i'd be like left lingering with a rotted gauze and oh disappear and be like what the hell just happened yeah and I'd walk out in a stun thing and be like i think i just saw a ghost and then i'd be afraid to sleep mm-hmm. so yep so yeah well there you go everyone that's how we deal with ghosts you're welcome you're, you're welcome <laughs> yeah well that's, that's yeah we're good that that's it that's it for this episode <laughs> we hope that you've enjoyed stories of ghosts and 
premonitions and carrot fingers. Oh, and this is the most unhinged episode yet. So yeah. you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> you are welcome from the depths of our twisted hearts. Yes. So if you guys enjoy listening to Scary Sisters, no, that's not what we're called. Scary stories to tell your sister. Um, we hope. <laughs> okay, I need to not. No, I'm keeping that in. That's it. That's it. <laughs> well, we hope we provided enough spooks to get you through the week. If not spooks, giggles. Exactly. We want to thank you so much for being here with us, and we hope you enjoy it. And we hope to know that you're with us again in spirit next time for a little bit more of these scary tales, spooky tales, weird stories, whatever. If you like the show, please write and review. It would mean so much to us. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us at Dana. On Instagram at Scary Sisters Pod. Also on Twitter at Scary Sisters Pod. And you can find us at Gmail at scary sisters pod at gmail.com where we are there to answer any questions or have any feedback or any fun stories that you want to share with us so we can share on the show and that's it guys until then stay safe and stay spooky Megan. love you love you bye-bye bye <laughs> <laughs> God, this whole time I'm looking out the window, Dana, like, where did mom and Ray go? Where is her car? <laughs> Hi, mommy. Hey, baby girl. <laughs> this is a strange household, mama. Hi, mommy. <laughs> strange household, mama. <laughs>